0: Cash okay. call, everybody. Brian Curtis, Dale Archdeacon, back again this week. I've got an amazing call to listen to. Uh, the Eagles are going to be winning the Super Bowl, which is awesome. So by the time you listen to this, they'll be they will be Eagles, uh, or they'll be Super Bowl champions. Um, and I just said to Brian uh in the green room as we were getting ready that we have a lot of fans. We got we got a bunch of people watching us live on the Zoom. Great to see everybody. Uh, and I said, Brian. Pretty soon we're gonna need plushies of ourselves. And Brian, being the old guy that he is, said, What's well, a plushie? It's a stuffed doll. That's what it is, like a stuffed animal. Okay. So we're gonna make a stuffed animal ourselves. Is that what's gonna happen? Yeah, like <laughs> plushies. Yeah, like a Dale and Brian. Like we could even have them sewn together, right? Like where you get them as a set. <laughs> well, so it's kind of like the 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 modern day version of the bobbleheads. So exactly, yeah, right. <laughs> So we're going to need some plushies, right? And t-shirts. Yeah, we need merch. Merch. And then we can drop the merch links whenever we do a cash call and, and we can become rich. Yeah. Um, Deborah Durbin, can you believe I would come here after that? I just did a webinar for Follow-Up Boss. And Deborah, um, Deborah left it all on the field, as they say, right? She tried really hard. Nice. And uh, she's working on grasping some some modern sales language. She came from the corporate world. So she was a, she was a champion in the... In the corporate world. Thank you. Michael Foster said she did great. Yes, it was a it was a valiant effort. And we're working on deprogramming her from corporate sales. Uh, yeah, the, different world. Um, Definitely. You know,
1: I, I've done both. You know, I've done corporate sales. I've done I've done, you know, personal sales, which I consider real estate. And, and it is a different model. You know, you've got you've got different buttons that we're pushing. And uh, my firm belief in this side of the sales, you know, dealing with, you know, residential real estate is mostly what we deal with, Dale and I. um. It's very emotional. Whereas you get in the corporate world, and it's much more detached. It's much more bottom line. It's much more what can you do for me, and uh, yeah. So that's it's an interesting change. And uh, I, again, been, uh, being on both sides, I, I, I empathize with uh, with the struggle that is is one versus the other.
0: And i've I've never I've never done corporate sales. Um, I'm not I'm not cut out for corporate. I don't I don't fit into molds very well at all unfortunately we noticed that uh, you, you probably never even heard me talk about it very long that's how long i did it so <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so everybody we do have a call to listen to today and actually this was submitted by a listener alia she is a an isa in canada in the the great country of canada and uh, this is a good call so you know she wrote me an email saying hey this was a really bad call and what could i have done to get the appointment And so in this case, you know, a lot of times we stop them, but I want to play this all the way through, Brian, first, and then we'll go back and we'll highlight certain parts because I want everybody to listen to it together as one piece. And it's almost three minutes. Uh, So I'm just going to go ahead and play it now. Let me share my screen properly. There we go. Just give me a thumbs up and you can hear it.
2: Well
3: Scott, I, I got it. Scott, this is Client Care at Bent Sweet and Associates. You're looking at some properties in Airdrie on our website. We just wanted to see how we can assist you. Uh,
2: I'm going to be moving there, but I'm making breakfast for my daughter right now, so I'm not sure where you're calling at this okay. time. It's 7:20 in BC.
3: <laughs> oh, sorry about Sterling. that. It's eight o'clock over here. I'll give you a call back maybe in about two hours.
2: I'll be at work. So, I'll be all over that site looking at stuff of trying to move there in the summertime, so.
3: Okay, well, can we give you a call later this evening so that we can have a little chat?
2: What would you like to chat about? Uh,
3: you know what type of property that you're looking for and what you're interested in down in Airdrie?
2: Uh, a detached house with a yard.
3: How many bedrooms and bathrooms Uh
2: At least two bathrooms and at least three bedrooms.
3: Okay, and do you have an idea of a price range as yet? Uh,
2: between five and 600000
3: Okay, and is there anything else that's important to you, Scott, for this home? Is it what? Is there anything else that's important to you for this home that you would like in it? Because I know you said you had a daughter.
2: I do have a daughter, yeah.
3: So is there anything that's so important what? to you that you would need in this home?
2: Yeah, we need usable space in the backyard. Not a massive tool shed, or yeah.
3: Okay, thank you so much for sharing this information with me, Scott. uh, Can you give us the best email to reach you on, as we don't have a correct one for you?
2: Oh, that's weird. I thought I signed up with my email.
3: Uh, it's invalid uh okay
2: as long as it's just you using my email that's fine if you have any partners or anything like that i do not want emails from anybody except you guys how's that yeah if no, that's no problem yeah
3: they're okay.
2: gonna
3: come from my that... from my team yes
2: okay so do you have my first and last name there
3: i only have your first name you only put scott when you signed up
2: who's dead yeah uh-huh. k-o-w so Scott Jesco at hotmail.com. He just gives the email.
3: Okay. So there is no dot in between there? There is not, no. Okay. All right. The one we have, you had a dot. Okay. Thank you so much, Scott. We'll send you those things right away, and you'll let us know what you think of them.
0: Sure. Okay. Now, let's start from the end first. First of all, the ISA wrote me an email and said, how could I have gotten the appointment with this person. We didn't even ask for an appointment, right? And this person, (laughs) step one, ask for the appointment. And, you know, in what she wrote to me, she made, she said, this was a bad call, something about how he was aggressive and that uh, she wasn't able, she didn't ask for, or didn't get the appointment. How could she have gotten the appointment? And so one is you just have to ask, even if you don't think the call is going well, ask anyway. Okay. And in this case, it would have been a video conference, anyhow, because the guy wasn't in their local market. He's going to be moving to their local market. And we never asked when he'll be in town to look at homes or anything like that. So whether it's video or face to face, if it's face to face, I need to know when you're going to be in town or when you're going to come look at property, right? If it's video, I gotta ask you for a video and give you a reason to get on a video with me. So that's that's the first one, Brian. What do you think? I completely agree. I mean, to your
1: point, um, Not that it'll never happen, but I wanna say that it'll almost never happen that you're gonna get an appointment off of of an outbound phone call. You know, inbound, you get them a lot. Hey, I wanna see this house. Or hey, I've got a house I wanna list. That does happen on inbound stuff. Outbound, they're probably not gonna ask you, hey, when can we go take a look at some houses? Or hey, when can you come see my house? So yeah, when you're doing outbound calls, Basically, the only way to get the appointment is ask for it. And I know that sounds really silly, but I can tell you I've heard this for 20 years. Well, I didn't want to be high pressure. So let me just dissolve that a little bit. High pressure is this. I ask you to do something. You say no, and I turn around and ask again. That's high pressure. It, it, by definition, you know, I was always taught in sales that if you get a no to ask the same question again, you have to do one of two things. You have to change the deal or you have to provide more information before you can close again. So yeah. in asking somebody, you know, you're showing a house to, would you like to write an offer on this house today? That's not high pressure when they say no. And you go, well, how come? This is a perfect house for you. Da, 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 that's high pressure. So same thing with an appointment on the phone call. Hey, you know, by the way, you know, would you guys like to do? It sounds like you're not in the local area. Would you like to do a video tour of this house? Because it feels like we, you know, something along those lines. To your point, you're not going to get an appointment
0: without a without a question. Yeah. And then uh, to further answer her question, obviously, point one is ask for the appointment, even if you don't think it's going well. Or figure out when they're coming to town so you could set yourself up for an an appointment. Another way, something else that needed to happen in this call, her discovery was so robotic. The discovery was robotic and she really missed, she didn't have any, uh, didn't use any of the opportunities presented to her to build rapport, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, what has you moving down here? How'd you decide to move in the summer? You have a daughter. How old is your daughter? Right? Any of these kind of like rapport building questions she just methodically went through her discovery. And I don't know if it's because she, she felt that that uh, resistance from him initially, or that sort of, you know, how, um, I guess, uh, how opposed he was to receiving sales calls. Um, But you know, the, the thing about it is the guy stayed on the conversation with her after he said he didn't have time. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh and you know, he was cagey and he said, I'll give you my email address, but don't have you know, send me spam basically don't have people spamming me. Right. The guy's just he's just resistant to salespeople. Um, and so her using some rapport building techniques would have probably helped a lot in this call.
1: Yeah, and, and a couple of things that I really wanted to point out. The guy said, I want to hang up now, and she said, Great, let's do some discovery. So bravo, like that was awesome. I was like, damn she's going to do discovery now. And it surprised me because I thought it was going to be like, yeah. Now, a couple of things that I would add on the front end though, is even though she ended up staying on the call, that was great. The, her front end part of that was not great. And here's what I mean by
0: that. Yeah. She basically bailed the second he said, why are you calling me so early? Yeah. Let me, let me play it uh, again. uh, And then we can point out exactly what you're talking about. So let's go up to the intro. And by the way, the intro was very weak and I think really worked against her as well. So we'll play it. Well, oh,
2: Scott, speaking.
3: Thank, thank you. Good morning, Scott. This is Client Care at BrentSuite and Associates. You're looking at some properties in Airdrie on our website. We just wanted to see how we can assist you.
0: Um, that was a super weak intro, and we'll We'll, we'll circle back to that, Brian. Let's. I'm going to let you make your point
2: gonna be moving there but i'm making breakfast for my daughter right now so i'm not sure why you're calling at this time it's 720 in bc
3: <laughs> oh sorry about Darling. that it's eight o'clock over here i'll give you a call back maybe in about two hours
0: that's the one you were talking about it's like no no you bailed you got him on the phone right yeah and i don't know where where
1: where is this person physically located as far as what's what's the market that she's in
0: uh, well, they're in Canada. And the guy said that, uh, she said, uh, did he say BC? He, he's in British uh, Columbia. He's in BC. And she's okay. clearly, one, she's one hour different. So she's the next time zone over. Okay.
1: Here's the reason I ask, like, and I forgot that you mentioned that this person was from California. One of some of the notes are from Canada. California, from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so some of the It's notes. the same thing. It's, uh, yeah. it's C word. It's good. Um <laughs> here's what i noticed i would have described this guy as i thought he said dc not bc d like dog so i thought he was in washington dc and you know both you you still live on the east coast i grew up on the east coast this guy very much struck me as an american east coaster like why call me you know that kind of mentality that you know the It is what it is like. I grew up there. It doesn't bother me a bit, but some people find it very offensive, you know. And so one of the things I think people need to pay attention to and the point that I wanted to point out is just because this guy talks this way, he might be in an area that everybody talks that way. And so if you're calling people from a to if you're talking to somebody who's in a different area, understand that what sounds like go to hell to to you, it's just the way people talk. (laughs) Hello, go to hell right awesome i'll meet you there by the way I look, you know anyway. on my way let me ask you a few questions right and and that's how a lot of people on the east coast interact i mean again now you live in philly you know what you know what i'm talking about i do and the reason well, i'm wait, pointing it out we
0: just can't yeah. we just came up with an amazing phrase somebody ever tells okay. you to go down i'm on my way and then ask them a question right we're going to put that in the new script book <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> we need, we should, that would be a really funny one. If we just write all of the like offhand shitty things that strangers say to you or leads say to you and just funny stuff to say back to them. Um, for a long time, you know, when I was training, uh, when somebody would say, I'm not interested, you just ask them, what are you not interested in? And that like blew people's minds. They're like, uh, you, you want me to say that? I'm like, yeah, don't assume that you know what they're not interested in and ask them, ask them what the hell they're talking about, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, here's the funny thing: that
1: more often than not, you can say a lot of things that you didn't know you could say, and people will not be offended.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And by the way, sometimes you say something that seems completely normal and it offends the hell out of somebody. So, one <laughs> thing by bringing that up is don't be afraid to stretch a little bit to push people a little bit. You know, I probably wouldn't have pushed this guy on the front end because we didn't have any rapport. At all you build some rapport, you can push people a little bit, yeah. and then if it goes badly, just pull back.
0: Yeah. So, So this part where she said he said, "Hey, you're calling really early, making dinner, uh, breakfast for my daughter." She said, "Oh, sorry, it's eight something here," which I think was good. Um, She just should have apologized. It's eight something here to sort of explain it, right? Um, But then she just all she needed to do was just roll into her next question rather than saying, "I'll call you later," right? And in fact, when she said, "I'll call you in two hours," he said, "I'll be at work." She said, "I'll call you after work," and he said, "Well." Uh, and talk about what? Or she's asked, can we talk after work? So there was this whole back and forth where she could have just been asking her discovery questions. And so when I'm training people, I give them a requirement. Somebody has to push you off the phone at least twice. This guy only pushed her once. Just move on. Yep. Right. And then when you become really skilled, make them do it three times. So the pattern that we follow is first push, go with my normal discovery. Second push, get your most important question answered before you will agree to let them go. What I mean by that, and we've talked about this a couple of times, if I'm talking to a potential buyer lead, my most important question is, are you going to buy a house? Right? If I'm talking to a seller lead, my most important question is, are you going to sell a house? So if you push me once, I'm just going to go with my normal discovery. You push me twice. I'm going to make sure that I get answered whether or not you're planning to buy or sell a house at least before I'll let you go.
1: Cool. So Michael Foster in the chat said, call them back the next day when you get hung up on, say, I wanted to call you back, to see if it's okay. You sounded upset yesterday. I want to cover two ways to handle that outside of Michael's approach. I'm not disagreeing with it. I just want to handle, cover two other ways. So if somebody hangs up on you, one of the things that you can do is literally call them back and say, hey, we got disconnected.
0: Yeah. And if they don't answer, yeah. And if they don't answer, you text, hey, we got disconnected. I didn't get the answer to X.
1: The other one is, and this literally happened to an agent on on our team. The agent basically, this was a hang up, but there was no mystery behind it. It wasn't, it clearly was not a disconnect. The guy told her to F off and hung up on her. And so she sent some version of this text message. Hey, Dale, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. You know, happens to everybody. And I apologize if I added to that. With that in mind, if you have any real estate questions or anything I can help you with, give me a call we close that deal. Oh, that's beautiful. I like that. So, you know, and again, and and it's funny because I'm talking about this kind of subject for a lot lately. You know, we make assumptions like somebody cuts you off in traffic. You make the assumption they're a jerk. What if they're driving to the hospital because their wife's pregnant and about to have a baby and they're not really worried about cutting you off right now? You would feel differently about that person, right? And, yeah. you know, Stephen Covey talks about that in Seven Habits Highly Effective People. There's a, a guy on a train and his kids are running around like crazy people. And Stephen gets fed up with it, goes and talks to him. He's like, man, your kids, can you please wrangle them up? And the guy looks at him in tears and says, I'm really sorry, their mother just died. We just came from their funeral. Well, that completely changes my perspective about this guy being a bad parent. The guy's having a bad moment. So right. I guess the point is we oftentimes assume that when someone treats us like crap or is short with us, that they're a bad person, they're a jerk, they're a bad lead. Hey, yeah. I don't want to be jerked by my worst moment. I don't know about you, Dale. So just yeah. if you take a look at things from that perspective, it may change your ability, A, to call more people because, hey, everybody has a bad day. And then B, just to potentially deal with someone who's having a bad moment.
0: Yeah. And I want to add another potential strategy in addition to that one that you just named. And this is definitely not one that Stephen Covey has ever talked about. And that is shame. Shame is a very viable tool that we as humans use against each other and we as salespeople can use. And so it goes something like this. Your salesperson, this stranger says F off and hangs up on her very similar to the text she sent. Hey, you know what? I, I assume that you're having a really bad day because I'm going to assume that you don't normally talk to other people that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the shame that will get you a response that works a lot of times with leads that ghost you with people that, um, you know, uh, fall off that people, people that yell at you or say, you know, mean things or lose their temper, whatever that is, a little bit of shame goes a long way. Sure. Alex, uh, basically the text was, uh, after the person had tell, told her to F off and hung up, Hey, you know what? Um, I assume that you must be having a bad day because I assume you don't normally talk to other people that way. Uh, so- is it shame or simply bring to light the truth of how the person was being, it they will shame themselves. They will feel shame is what I'm yeah. saying. We're we are we are using the we are using what we, we we're triggering triggering their emotions is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh
1: and, and I agree with what Jennifer just said there. It's a nice way of responding. And and I agree. Like if someone tells you to F off after that, then yeah, they probably are a jerk. But at the end of the day, if they're like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I mean, it it, is similar, much dialed down version of that that is the drop the ball script. I'm sure you've used it, Dale. You can use it on text. You can use it on voicemail. You can use it when someone answers the phone. Hey, Dale, just reaching out to you, Wanted to make sure I didn't drop the ball on any of your real estate needs. I can tell you that text messages has gotten us more apologies (laughs) than I've ever seen. Like, we're basically harassing somebody sorry it's just what we do it's part of our job is to politely harass people into talking to us nowadays right so you follow up with someone five six seven times and shoot the drop of ball text hey dale just reaching out i wanted to make sure i haven't been able to get a hold of you, just wanted to make sure we weren't dropping the ball on our end and i'm telling you two out of 10 times, you'll get an apology. Brian, I'm so sorry about that. We've been super busy. Yes, we're still looking for a house or no, we've decided, but whatever. But it's one of the most powerful things you can do. And I, the first time I saw it, I was like, that's insane. Like they
0: apologized to me for me continuing to reach out to them. Yeah, so it's great. Um, all right, I want to play this intro because Aaliyah needs help with the intro. I had actually messaged her back when she submitted the call to me. And I listened to it and I messaged back and I said, hey, I assume this has nothing to do with you because I knew she was an ISA, but I said the uh, introductory script was really weak and probably working against you. And she wrote back to me, I didn't actually receive any training or an intro script. I made it up myself. So I apologize. I wasn't trying to be rude Uh, and uh, to the world, if you're going to hire an ISA, give them a good script to you and feed them. Yeah. So, uh, or did you say train them? Did you say train them or feed them? Train them. Yeah, For, train, train them. them. Exactly. For God's sake, you just give them a list of people and say call them and hope that they do well. Oh, I know. <laughs> or figure out your own script. Um, so let me just play her intro, and then everybody listening, um, we're going to give you what the intro script should be, and I'm going to point out to you why this was working against her. Oh, I got the ring again. Oh, well, Scott speaking. He said, "Hello, Scott." Speaking.
3: Thank hey, you. Good morning, Scott. This is Client Care at Brent and Associates. You're looking at some properties in Airdrie on our website. We just wanted to see how we can assist you. All
0: right. There's several problems there. He said, "Hello, Scott." Speaking, and she said, "Good morning, Scott." Right? They're different. Say hello, Scott. He said hello. You say hello. It, it's that simple, right? Mm-hmm. And not that somebody's going to be offended that you said good morning instead of hello. But our lizard brain says, "Did your word match my word? No, it didn't. Yep. Right? It either does or it doesn't, and it didn't. Very simple. Match the same word, and then my issue is that she said she's from client care. When's the last time you ever wanted to speak to client care from a company that you weren't currently doing business with? Uh, approximately never, right? Right, yeah. right, right, right around never. Yes right about never that you wanted to talk to client care. And so client care just devalues who you are, right? It just says, I'm a spam caller essentially. And so I would get rid of that. Stop calling yourself client care until you need to call yourself client care and it benefits you. Um, And then her question, or it wasn't even a question, it was a statement. She said, calling from client care, whatever company, I wanted to see if uh, there's anything we could help you with. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm good. <laughs> Nothing you can help me with. I wasn't anticipating the call. I didn't need the call. I didn't have anything I wanted from you, and you're only client care anyway. Right. These are this is how this intro script just really set a bad tone. And fortunately, she stayed in the fight and still had a conversation with this guy. So, between not asking for the appointment, not taking the opportunity to build rapport and having a very weak and disempowering intro script, um, I think, you know, all these forces are working against her. I agree. So let's, yeah, let's do the quick intro script. Ring, ring, Brian. This is Brian. Hey, Brian, this is, I'm just going to say, hey, because you said this is Brian, or I could say, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say this is Dale. Hey, Brian, this is Dale Archdeacon with whatever realty company that is. You know what? You registered on our website to look at homes for sale. Just wanted to see if you're planning on buying in the next few months or just window shopping at this point. Just window shopping at this point. Yeah. That's it. Now notice everybody. I didn't say, Hey, I'm an agent with, I didn't say I'm an ISA with, I didn't say I'm client care with, right? I said my name with real estate company. Then I told him what he did, what action he took. And I asked him a pick a path question. Are you going to buy or do you want to tell me? No, pretty clear and I did it all assumptively yep and, and I love that because it's really it's a simple question
1: um once again you know we've talked about this if we talk about it once we talked about it a 100 times on here if you ask a yes no question one of the answers you can get is no yeah you can't unless you're just like you had a you know a stroke where you just went are you looking to buy a house or you just window shopping no is not an answer that should come out of somebody's mouth. There will eventually be someone who will prove me wrong just to be a jerk. I'm not saying that's not true. but There are, you know, those, there are people that will
0: do that. No, no one <laughs> is what you would respond to that. No What? but make them explain themselves. But you know, Jeb Blunt, I don't know if you read, uh, he wrote a book on,
1: called Objections. He also wrote Fanatic Prospecting, good, good information. But he talks about the automated responses and objections and that's really what that is. Are you looking to buy a house? No. Like that didn't they didn't take any thought. There was no conscious effort there. It was just you just know. So no. if you ask person A or B, no is not a logical answer at a minimum, they're going to have to engage their brain and in, in work with you. So I can't say this enough time. There's very, very few questions in real estate, in my opinion, that are yes, no questions. What's a, a good yes, no question? Would you like to write an offer on this house today? That's a good yes, no question. And eventually you're going to have to ask questions like that. But this is the front or, end. Or you should, ask, you
0: should be asking questions like that if you're not. Well, yeah, please do. That's a whole other training. But, you know, <laughs> look <at Brian's> um, <laughs> face. did you see the pain look on Brian's face? Something tells me you've heard your agents not ask, would you like to make an offer on this house?
1: I'll tell a quick story. I had a couple of agents who just couldn't seem to close a door. And I was talking to him one day and I will call them Susie. I'll call I'll call this Susie. There's no Susie on my team. So I went up to Susie and I said, Susie, you know, what's going on? Oh, you know, I just can't these people i'm like okay perfect so you know at the end after you're done showing them houses and you go through that process did you ask them if they wanted to write an offer today and she looks at and she goes well no i don't want to be high pressure and <laughs> you with know, the true story that person's no longer on my team her name is not Susie. but
0: it, let's it, do a it,
1: little here's the listen thing.
0: go ahead yeah yeah I, it's just
1: i, I, I want to hang a, out
0: with you yeah, yeah let's role play yeah well uh not so much that i wanted to give i wanted to just give some things that that around this around asking okay. for these kind of things so when I would show houses, right, before I even went out to look at houses, I said, OK, Brian, you know, uh, sometimes uh, buyers can get a little bit overwhelmed with all the choices. It's like going to a diner, right? You have Too many choices. You just don't know what to do. And it makes it very hard to make a decision. So, you know, my clients like to use this strategy. And basically what we do is we keep a top three. Okay. We're going to go look at houses and we're going to keep a top three of uh, of those uh, homes that we look at. And the top one is the one at any time we can move them around. We can reshuffle them as we're looking. We're always going to keep in mind, we're going to have a top three and we will just be prepared to write an offer on the first one, if not the second one, depending on how things go. Right. So then we go out, we start looking at houses and I ask them every single time, where does this fall in your top three? One, two, or three, right? It either doesn't make the list or we start to then develop the one through three. When we get done with our showings, I say, great. How much would you like to offer for number one? Is one is number one still your number one? How much would you like to offer it for it? Oh, I don't know. We're not really sure. All right. Is it still your number one of the what we saw? Yes, it is. Okay, got it. What price on that house would make it worthwhile for you? Right. Given this and that. So, these are just some more strategies that we get to where we help the people have a way to process themselves through the sale for themselves and not be overwhelmed.
1: So, and and I love what you're doing. I have a similar but different approach. But let me say this whether you pick my approach, whether you pick Dale's approach, or whether you pick an approach that's somewhere in the middle, what I want to say to everybody is this you have to give them permission to buy. And I know that sounds really dumb but people feel like, well, of course, if they want to write an offer, they'll just tell me that they want to write an offer. That is the biggest fallacy in sales. So, and I'm going to talk disc for a second. The majority of our population, about 70% are high S or amiable personalities. What does that mean? That means they don't like to make quick decisions. That means that they don't necessarily want to be pushed. And sometimes we just have to give them permission. So since you went over years, I'm gonna go over this real quick. What I do with people, and I do this the very first time we meet, we're gonna rate every single house on a scale of one to 10. 10 being a perfect house, one being horrible. I don't go through, a, I go a little bit more di- that, but you guys get that. After that, after each house, I rate them. Same idea though. Okay, this house was a six. Okay, great. Now we go look at house two. Oh this house is an eight. Great. We're going to rip up this first MLS sheet and let me explain why, Dale. Because you know, we've been out there looking at houses and I can tell you I look at houses all the time. And even me after doing this for 20 years I can't always remember which house you liked the bathroom in, which house you liked the kitchen in, which one had a great backyard because they all started to blend together. So what we're doing is elimination is our friend. So my guess is, please correct me if I'm wrong, your objective for going looking at houses with me is because you want to buy a house, right? Yeah, good. So this process will help make it simpler and easier for you. Does that make sense to you? And again, it's a similar approach to what Dale is doing. Um, his His is slightly more aggressive because he's like, Okay, tell me why you don't tell me what offer you want to write. Now, I will tell you this: if you use my approach and you cannot get someone to write an offer, you're showing house after house after house you can't get them to write an offer. The question that Dale asks is, you you guys said you like this house. At what price would you be willing to write an offer? Basically, you're breaking them into writing an offer sometimes. Like sometimes you're like, I gotta get these people on paper so they at least Know what the next steps are, and it just kind of loosens up that boundary, and then maybe next time they will write a better offer. But sometimes you just
0: want them to write something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and to get that first offer, another technique also is, depending on their personality and depending on the situation, you could say, "Hey, uh, all right, listen, I understand this is not the perfect, you know, may not be the perfect one. It may not be, you know, the hole in one for you, um, but." We've seen a lot of homes. I don't, you know, nothing else is coming up right now. This one checks most of the boxes for you. Why don't we see if we can get a crazy deal on this? Let's just, what what number would be, would work for you where you just couldn't pass it up if the seller sold it to you at this number? Let's just yeah. practice writing it up and see what happens. Now, you don't want to do that a lot because then you'll get a bad reputation with, you know, the listing agents where you're just floating shit offers to them. But if you need to use it, if you feel like you have the kind of buyers who are just skittish and they need that practice of doing it one time and you're pretty confident it's going to get rejected anyway, you know, get them to go through the motions and then call the listing agent and say, hey, I got this offer for you. Okay, it's on paper, uh, you know, they, I, they, they want to see what we can do here and, um, you know, to, please don't be offended. I'm going to send it over to you, right? Those kind of things smooth, smooth the way.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I, I always tell people if I'm really believe, I'm like, you know, if for whatever reason your seller doesn't like it now, I know they don't like it because it sucks, but for whatever reason, if your seller doesn't like it, my, I just please ask him to send me a counter. And, and, you know, I've always done that. Anytime I submitted a low offer, you got to be careful. I know Dale's trying to make sure he maintains relationships. This is important, by the way. Maintaining relationships with other agents in your market is an important thing to do. Can't say that loud enough or strong enough. Too many people go with, I'm representing my client. Oh my God, next time I hear that, I'm going to scream. But that being said, you also have to be careful not to, to, you know, talk
0: (laughs) to tell them this is a shit offer. You got to be careful not to say that. Yeah, no, I, I find that, and we're way over, but of course, yes, Brian right. and I get on a roll sometimes. Um, I find that my role, I believe my role, I believe our role as salespeople, generally speaking, is to find a mutually beneficial solution between the buyer and the seller. You have a buyer exactly. who wants to buy, you have a seller who wants to sell, and I don't think that we should ever get in the way of that happening. In fact, I think we should grease the wheels. And so that they can slide together a little bit easier, right? And sometimes that's throwing your client under the bus, uh, and sometimes that's you know throwing other people under the bus. Um, you know, you you tell the you tell the buyer, yep, I know that listing agent um, is a jerk. Uh, you tell the listing agent, yep, I know my buyers are jerks. Uh, let's just see if we can come together, okay? Right? Everybody's right. Let's see if we can get this deal to happen. Amen. So, Hey, I want to just say
1: one real quick thing about that call, and then I'm sure we need to button up. But at the end of her call, and you talk about this, Dale, in a different way than I do, but I'm going to use your verbiage, there was no next logical step.
0: Well, it was very bad. It was, we're going to send you properties.
1: Yeah, so make sure that you tell them what you're going to do, and then tell them what they need to do so the next logical step. So, Hey, Bob, I don't know the guy's name, Scott. Hey, Scott, by the way, great. I'm going to send you a list of properties. Take a look at through those. See if anything is anything that you like, and I'll follow up with you on Tuesday or, you know, something like that. Give them the next logical step of what's going to happen. It, it come up with a plan, you know, do something. Don't just go, I'll send you some emails. Click. So, um, and I know that she wasn't at that extreme, but that's where you do that. Where can we get strips that you mentioned?
0: Those are, <laughs> we our, those, those are in our head, Yvonne, mostly, um, and they live here on cash call. So, you know, the problem is that Brian and I just know how to we know how to we know how to create conversation. We know how to we know how to be in the moment in a conversation, and that's what we try to teach people to do. Oh, and, and I'll say this, Yvonne, you need to memorize intro and exit
1: scripts. I do believe that. Um, and you guys are good need to write a fun script book yeah we're, we're work on that that's really a fun idea so um but yeah intros and extra, extra exit scripts i think are important everything in between is actually dialogues versus scripts in my
0: opinion yeah absolutely that's what we teach in my company um so you know it's funny i, I gotta say this when people come to us and they're like well considering your training but um you guys provide us with scripts right and i'm like listen coming to my company looking for scripts is like going to culinary school looking for recipes. Okay. You go to, (laughs) you don't go to culinary school to get a stack of recipes and you don't come to my company looking for a stack of scripts. All right. You can find those on the internet. That's where scripts live. Um, So it's like that we teach concepts, we teach, uh, you know, patterns, we teach process uh, and we, we really teach salespeople how to think in the moment.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's super important, guys. We've all had a salesperson call us and read off a script. And,
2: <laughs> and, and, and I used to be next,
1: a
0: salesperson reading a script. Believe me, they don't they break really fast.
1: Well, it, this is this is almost embarrassing, but I'm gonna finish the 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 thing. After I had been in the business, I got in the business basically starting in 05 is when I started doing general real estate. I was licensed before that. But I started doing general real estate in 05. I found out that there were scripts in 2013. (laughs) That's funny. Wow. I didn't know there were scripts. I mean, I had scripts in my head because you say things over and over again, that's a script. But until I went to Keller Williams, I was an independent, I worked all by myself, didn't have any other, I I just talked to people and uh, it it is funny. So yes, it's great to set yourself up with a good script on the front end. It's great to have a good script on the back end so you have a next logical step. In between is dialogues. And yes, you need to learn some closes and some objection handlers and stuff like that. But uh, I, I got a, I got a script thing that's, I don't know, 100
0: scripts someplace. I can tell you I haven't looked at it in 10 years. So, yeah. All right, everybody. Listen, you can't get too much Dale and Brian in one day. Uh, it causes seizures. So we're going to have to let all of you go now because we're just... We're overwhelming you with knowledge and experience and wit. Uh, so, thanks for joining us. We'll see everybody. Actually, next week, I'm just letting you guys know. Next week is actually a pre-recorded cash call where we do an interview with an awesome guy. The reason I'm telling all of you, you avid listeners and fans, that it's pre-recorded is in case we screw it up. You'll have give us a little bit of grace, okay? Um, but it is Dale and Brian interviewing a really awesome agent out of um, out of Texas and then we'll be back the following week live again to blow your wigs back. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Yeah, appreciate you. Thanks, everybody.